in Kansas anymore. You have my curiosity. Are you telling me you built a time machine? The force will be with you. Welcome back to Get Real, the podcast where we get real about all of our favourite pop culture, movies and TV shows. My name is Sam and with me in the other corner of the ring is the human spider. It's Chris 2002. You've just gone straight back that's, to 2002. Uh, that's, that's not my name. It's the amazing man spider. And the, is this where I like spider man bone saw you out of left field and... <laughs> It's bones horn for the next two and a half minutes. You're mine. I forgot about the part where that was my problem. <laughs> Deep Did cut. your husband make you that outfit? That was like slightly homophobic from back in the day. Wasn't yeah, it? that sits a bit weird in 2021, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, that doesn't sit quite right. Anyway, you're probably wondering what the hell we're talking about, and you're like, "Wait, no, isn't it Spider-Man, not the Human Spider?" It's because out of the whole hype of um, uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home, obviously on the hype. The hype. Uh, yeah, it's on the way. So we're catching up on some of the previous Spider-Man films. We are watching. Well, we just finished watching uh, the Sam Raimi verse, and then we're going to move on. You just finished watching. Well, I did not have a chance to watch it, <laughs> but I know that shit like the back of my hand. I've probably seen these films. I've probably seen Spider-Man three, which is the worst one, more than I've probably seen any of the MCU movies. Well, I am unfortunately going to have to give you a hot spoiler in a bit, which I'm not going to tell you now. I'll tell you later on. Okay. Um, but anyway, uh, before we move in to talking about that, Chris, we do need to cover off other than what we've been watching, which is Spider-Man, well, what I've been watching, Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3. What have you been watching since we last week? Well, um, watched What If again, which was the episode where... Killmonger saves Tony Stark and then eventually becomes Black Panther. Ah, yes. I thought it was a really good episode until the end, and it just kind of tailed off, and they seem to just be leaving us on edge, and I'm like, can you resolve something, maybe, please? Because it kind of, like, makes... Like, it builds up, and then the end of the episode's always like, oh, okay. Don't you think <laughs> the there's a big thing that happens, like, about midway through that starts all the uh, the downward spiral of that episode... Like, I feel like maybe that's where it should have, like, come to an end. You know what I mean? Like, maybe they should have just dragged that out a little bit. But yeah, it does feel like maybe. it's like, oh, right, okay. And then this happens, and then this happens, and then we go on to this How's thing, it? and then this, and that, and it- this. And it's like, okay. Oh, Okay, now this is like it's like they forgot to write the final twist in don't you think yeah a little bit it was almost like you there so, was no other twist you kind of saw everything else coming didn't you yeah like without spoiling it like once they're in wakanda it's kind of like okay you, you're waiting for something you're waiting for something you're waiting for like the big moment which is like this is the climax of where the storyline's going and then nope uh nothing yeah, I still don't. I still think we're probably struggling to beat the Doctor Strange episode right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- and the zombies episode. Zombies episode was good as well. Yeah. Doctor Strange was shit hot. I'm I'm wondering if because we've seen Doctor Strange Supreme is returning at some point. We saw that in the trailer, mm-hmm. the mid season trailer. Yeah, I don't know if maybe these are all kind of unresolved because they're going to link up or something. Which we theorized after episode uh, one or two, didn't we? Yeah. Um. So maybe, maybe we'll see that happen, but I'm not too sure because it seemed like they weren't going to do that, but 
there's a chance. Yeah, there's always a chance. You never know. So you're saying there's a chance. I mean, Marvel love a good like team up, don't they? So imagine like the Watchers like has to. St- They're built on a bloody team up, aren't they? Bloody army! They've got a bloody yeah, film. And the money's from team ups. They've got their own right, franchise within the franchise, which is all about <laughs> team ups. It's a franchise in a franchise franchise. It's called the Avengers. Up the Avengers. The Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I do the talk good. Um, yeah, so other than that, what have I been watching? Oh, I watched... Everybody's talking about Jamie. Have you seen this advertised? I've on seen it advertised. Yeah, I've seen it advertised, but I've not watched any of it. Um, it's a British, um, like, local man sort of um, musical based around a 16-year-old lad who wants to become a drag queen. And it's actually pretty damn good. I was expecting it to, like, be... And it was a lot better than I was expecting. Um, it's based off a Broadway musical at the moment. Oh, sorry, not Broadway. I keep getting mixed up. It's based off a West End musical at the moment because um, it's British, which is then based off an old BBC Three documentary about like a real life kid um, called Jamie. Um, okay. Which I remember watching that back in the day. It came out in 2011. You know when BBC Three were doing like really interesting short documentaries and stuff. Mm. Uh, back when we were in high school. So, yeah, I actually remember watching it. So when I started watching it, I was like, this seems familiar. And then I looked into it. I was like, ah, it's based off true events, all this sort so of stuff. So what you're um, saying is rather than it being like a, eh, it was like a, oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was surprised. Um, it's set in Sheffield as well. And it, it kind of reminded me a lot of the vibe that I got from Anna and the Apocalypse. Uh, okay. Which was like a zombie Christmas musical. Uh, oh. Like, it's just these sort of like, almost low-budget-esque, small-town British things that you don't really see. Like, you see loads of it in, like, American versions of stuff like that, but you never see, like, British stuff. It felt like Kez or Billy Elliot and stuff like that. I was really wondering, really trying to figure out the link there from uh, zombie musicals, and I was glad that it kind of linked the more musical aspect to it rather than the zombie (laughs) part of it. Yeah, no, um, but it's that sort of, like, small British town that, like, unless you're from, like, especially the north of Britain, you don't really, you'd think, like, where is this weird sort of, like, little pocket town thing where it's, like, such, like, a small little insular thing, but we've all seen those sort of council estates and those type of people and stuff like that. Mm. So it is quite relatable, it's nice. Um, Obviously, it's not that relatable because I wasn't a 16-year-old drag queen, but... um, It was as relatable as the the environment was. But yeah, I really enjoyed it, actually. Um, I thought the accents were going to grate on me because th- definitely most of them weren't from Sheffield, but they were doing, like, Sheffield accents. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. Cool. So what have you been watching, Sam? Uh, I watched What If. I started watching the <sighs> uh, Sam Raimi-averse. I also watched a little bit of the... I like how when I think... I like how when I think of the Tobey Maguire films, I think of the director first. And then I couldn't even tell you who directed the Andrew Garfield films. And I don't mean to sound that sound terrible, but it's just I only know. Him. I actually couldn't tell you. That's uh, let's it quickly really quick. double check. It's a director, Mark Webb. What's Mark uh, Webb? Mark doing? Webb is in like from Mitchell and Webb. Uh, Mark <laughs> Webb as in Five Hundred Days of Summer. Yeah. Um and The King of Rome comes. <laughs> yeah, he did the Limitless T V series. <laughs> He's got a glowing record here. 
the gifted with the uh, Chris um, uh, Evans. Yeah, yeah. nah. Who did the second one? Who did the second one? Was it the same guy? He's done a he's done a couple of music videos. It was the same guy as Mark Webb did the second oh, one. Oh, he did uh, yeah. he did the, the My Chemical Romance music videos for teenagers and I Don't Love You. And the okay. and he did the ghost okay. of you. Props to this man. Okay, I've changed my mind now. He's good. You can stick around. Those music videos are sick. Richard was around like a few weeks ago and we were watching like, we had the music going on YouTube in the background and it just went down to My Chemical Romance route. And we were like, how were these videos made on like such a massive budget? Like, um, which one is it where they go to war and it's basically... Um, That's the ghost of you. That's the ghost of you. Yeah. It's like, how did that music video get made by My Chemical Romance? Like, this this back is in a this is a massive tangent. So we're gonna we're gonna quickly anyway, swiftly yeah. move it back onto topic. Um, I've not really watched much else. To be fair, um, I've been best wa- part of the Amazing Spider Man two films is the Tonight Alive soundtrack for the uh, second one. <laughs> I watched like I've been watching a little bit of a series called Chicago Fire. It's got okay, yeah. It's got the guy from House, not Hugh, not not uh, Hugh Laurie, the um, the younger guy with long hair. Can't think of his name. Anyway, he's in it. Uh, I I know his face, but could not tell you his name. Um, yeah. So that's it. <laughs> that's all I've watched. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that um, Chicago Fire is part of its own little like like. Uh, cinematic universe or TV universe. You're shitting the me. Chicago Fire, to, uh, Chicago MD, Chicago PD. You're shitting me. It's not. Nah, it's yeah. It's got like there's like three or four shows that are all linked together. Oh, oh, I get you. So it's like it's not like it's part of like House or something. It's there. There is a TV sh- show called Chicago MD. Yeah, and then there's like uh, Chicago PD as well. Um, I think. I think one of them originally span off of a different show. I'm not entirely sure. Don't quote me on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they became like their own little Chicago-based thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Right. Uh, Loads of different series. If you like it that much. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's fine. <laughs> I've been in and out of it. I've been in and out. So uh, it's pretty gruesome, though. To be fair, I, I think I'm more of a house Sick. guy. I'm definitely more of a house MD guy. I think that was definitely the better series out of the two. Fight me. What does MD stand for? Master of Doctors or whatever. <laughs> master of Doctors. <laughs> I'm the master of all doctors. What does MD mean? <laughs> it's something like that, isn't it? Master of Doctors. Medical Doctor or something? Wait. I don't think it does. I think it's. That. I don't know. Oh yeah, Doctor of what? Medicine. Fucking hell. Well, why is it? Uh, why is it MD instead of DM? <laughs> why is it not Dungeon Master? Because <laughs> DM probably sounded like too much like a rapper or something. Oh, you know, like... <laughs> it's a medical doctorate. That's so why I was. There I was you kind go. of. I was nearly there. Master Doctorate. <laughs> Anyway. Oh, mate. Speaking of Spider-Man's just one that made me listen to Tonight Alive. <laughs> anyway. All right. Buddy. The edge was a bop. All right, Randy Savage. Pull it in. Let's go. Let's uh... <laughs> listen to <here>, you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, we, we've got like some like little tiny news stories, don't we? Uh, speaking of... Um... Yeah, we have. We have. You've got, <laughs> yeah. you've got a single... Yeah, I you've just got... don't know. You've got a singular news story. I've got a singular news story. That's all you're getting. Time code's in the description. 
Okay, well, uh, what was yours? Uh, I can't remember what mine was. <laughs> mine is, well, yours is about uh, Dunes Out. That's that's yours. But we're, we're going to put a little pin oh, in that. And we're gonna I thought that was yours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you've got one that... Oh, no, that's a trailer. All right, this is this is all I've got a different. I've got a different one that I didn't mention last week. Anyway, I'm trying to mention my story. Give me a second. Um, bloody iOS 15's out. Oh, no, wait, that's not the story. That's the wrong tab. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's all going to shit there's nothing to talk oh, about so we're fumbling it's tech tech news we just become a tech podcast get real tech all right Linus, get on with it um what was my story oh right okay basically tom hardy has been good old teasing annie tom hardy is oh he had oh, the, he's such a tease he had the cap he had the no way home cap on he did just in case he got it this is the souvenir i was on the set of the film and all i got with this is this lousy cap <laughs> he didn't get to be in the film, did he? <laughs> yeah, it was a crew production hat, apparently, well, that only the crew got. Well, we don't know if he's in the film yet. You never know. A lot of people. Maybe he just <clears throat> boom opt for a day. <laughs> uh, a lot of things out right now saying not to spoil Venom, let there be carnage, which is interesting. A lot. Yeah, apparently people are already leaking details about the post credit scene. Oh. Um, and Tom Hardy has said, anybody does it, I'll kick the shit out of you. Is Not that, so much that, in those words. That sounds like a Tom Hardy <laughs> thing. I won't put it past him. <laughs> um, I've seen people meme in that, but he was just like, nobody better spoil this. Also, Woody Harrelson <laughs> said that he was absolutely bricking himself filming the post credit scene. Oh, right. So okay. what's that going to be? That's interesting. Like, he was really nervous to shoot it, so what does that mean? Well, he's either naked, <laughs> or it's because it sets up something real massive. Yeah, um, which that's what I'm he's thinking. He's that the multiverse could be explored in Venom 3. Mm, so. so, are we saying MCU ties in the post-credits, and that's why Woody Harrison was so nervous? Well, what we hit, you know... Vulture shows up, Morbius? You know, you never... I mean, I'd, I'd hope that it would be the proper multiverse, right? But doesn't part of you just feel, like, a little bit scared that maybe they'll, like, Gotham it or something, and they'll have, like, kind of a... <laughs> not quite Spider-Man, but it'll be, like, kind of Spider-Man's teased... Like Spider Man's a baby because like they made Bruce Wayne a teenager, so they're gonna make Spider Man a, a like a, a baby or a toddler. Spider Man is actually just some weird kid that uh, the bloody Eddie Brock starts <laughs> hanging around with, but he's like got loads of spider tanks in his bedroom, and then like one day he becomes a bit insane. It's a bit like that uh, Cameron Monaghan from Gotham kind of thing, where it was like, do you remember that when he when those seasons were first coming round, and it was like. Is Ugh. he playing the Joker or what? Like, is that? Yeah, they could. They couldn't actually name him the Joker for some sort of reason because of the movies and stuff. And then after that, when they realized that people would understand there's two different versions of the Joker or stuff like that, then they just made him the version of the Joker where he cut his own face off, <laughs> and then he was an, an old version of himself that was losing his hair who also cut his face off. There was like three gonna... versions of the Joker in that show, all played by Cameron Monaghan. All cutting their faces off, but I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, you're gonna do the one that cuts his face off, aren't you? <laughs> uh, why was that the first one that you went to? Like the only reason that worked in the New Fifty Two was because we had like eighty years of Joker before that. Like that's yeah. such a weird thing to jump into. Is like, oh, we haven't seen the Joker for a few years. How about it, now he has no face? It's like, yeah, you've had the build up to him going absolutely insane, like more insane than what he was. But then it's like, yeah, yeah all right, let's just push it. Anyway, that's my new story. What's your new story? <laughs> Gotham is shocking. <laughs> <coughs> oh, 
Oh. Okay. Um, so I got two news stories, actually. Um, so the first one that you mentioned, it's about Dune, Dune is doing really well at the podcast. Uh, doing really well at the post, uh, box office. Oh, I nearly again. said podcast office, <laughs> and then I corrected myself, and then I said pod uh, pod office, and that uh, the box office. It's doing really well at the box office. It's done better than Shang Chi and better than Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and it's opening weekend. There you go. Great. Um, I forgot this was out. <laughs> I thought it wasn't coming out for another week and a half or something. Um, uh, do, we, do we have any early reviews? Shall we look at some early reviews? Dune um, 2021. Uh, deadline. 8.5 on IMDb, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 5 out of 5 from Empire. Wow. So, okay. uh, yeah, Deadline says the film is tracking extremely well and open to number one position in virtually every single market. It's uh, currently tracking 4% ahead of Tenet, 33% ahead of Black Widow, uh, 52% ahead of Blade Runner 2049, 58% above Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings, and 80% ahead of Godzilla vs. Kong. I'm surprised that it's opening bigger than Shang-Chi and Godzilla. Mm. But at the same time, Dune is something that a lot of people... Like, our parents would have grown up watching the film and everyone who's into sort of, like, sci-fi, like, it's sort of like a staple book, you know what I mean? Like, you know how, like, Star Wars is required viewing, Star Trek is required TV viewing for, like, sci-fi nerds, then it's kind of like Dune is, like, the one book that you need to read as a sci-fi nerd. But Um, can anybody anybody tell you what the story is? From the first film. Um, it's some sort of political thing about uh, spice mining between planets and and royal lineage. and It's very political. It's basically the parts of the prequels that nobody likes, but everybody loves it for some reason because it's Dune. To be fair, though, like the um, little... What what would you call it? Like a featurette. featurette. Yeah, the featurette did a really good job of like kind of giving you a bit of an outline of the story. Like I was like, oh. I haven't watched that. Oh, okay. Well, I was a bit like, ah, right. I kind of understand what's going on now, and this okay. makes a lot more sense. But it doesn't obviously spoil too much. There's just, I know you don't want to see too much in it, right? So, yeah, I'm kind of a bit. Sick and tired of trailers showing me too much. Like, one of the trailers that I'm going to mention briefly tonight, like, it showed way too much in that trailer. And, yeah, that's why I'm not watching anything else about Venom, because I know what Sony are like for showing too much. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Dune, I know I'm going to see it, and I know it's going to be gorgeous, so I just kind of want the visuals to unfold in front of me. Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah, we'll have to go check that out soon, Dune, and do a pod on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my other little bit of news, which actually happened last week, and I forgot to talk about it. Um, do you ever sometimes hear of an adaptation coming, and then it just kind of ruins your day because you hear about it? Um, <laughs> so you mean, you mean Net- when someone tried to adapt our podcast for gaming instead of movies and TV shows? Oh, 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 oh shots fired! <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't get absolutely roasted. Don't don't mention it. When we see them tomorrow and just see if they've listened to the podcast or See not. if they listen to it, because we are absolutely flaming them out here. Yeah. It is true, though. It is true, though. They're not as good as us. No, we're the originals. You can't beat the original. We, we get more listeners. It's Chris. like original trilogy versus Disney trilogy, you know what I mean? <laughs> or, it's like, it's like, or it's like the prequels versus the fucking Disney trilogy and everything's a bit lukewarm. <laughs> Nobody's not quite Disney. Uh, lukewarm? Ah! Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Right. High five. So, high five. <laughs> that, nice. You know, that one hand that he's got. Sink. <laughs> uh, right. So, anyway, you know how Netflix is like swiping up all the licenses to like loads of anime and stuff like that? Okay. And we've got the Cowboy Bebop one coming out soon, which looks really fucking good from what we've seen so far. Yeah. They announced the other day that they're making a One Piece live action series, and it kind of really ruined my day because it's. It's one of those that is like it's almost un- unadaptable. You know what I mean? Without because we've hit over a thousand chapters in the manga now, and almost a thousand episodes in the anime as well. Like, how are you going to do justice to this entire story? Like, either the anime, the live action is going to just stop abruptly and not resolve anything, or it's just going to fizzle out over a number of years, get a lower and lower budget, and everything's going to look shocking. But it's you got are. such a distinct look and feel to it that you just can't adapt it live action. It doesn't work. You have, an, um, you have a live adaptation where it's like two seconds for every single like ep- like every single um, issue of the manga. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just shocking because it's like, <laughs> what? what is this coherent sense? If you need to strip it back to its bare bones and then it loses all the charm of what One Piece is or you go balls to the wall and a lot of people probably won't like it unless they're hardcore fans and chances are the CGI budget won't be able to keep up with it. Like, the lead character in, like, the first few pages eats a fruit, which means he can stretch his body unlimitedly. Like, he turns into rubber like Mr. Fantastic and stuff like that. How are you going to do that on a TV budget while you're also fighting against a clown pirate who can put himself into, like, 50 different pieces and put himself (laughs) back together and stuff? How are you meant to do stuff like that? Like... Massive armadas of like twenty thousand soldiers and twenty thousand naval officers firing at each other and stuff. You just can't do stuff like that on a Netflix budget, really. And it just it just looks weird, and it's uh, it's just weird. It's like there's always like the unadaptable book. You know what I mean? They always say when a new film comes out, it's like this film was meant to be made forty years ago, but nobody said the book could be translated. And when the, it comes out, it's like Cloud Atlas, and it's just a kind of a bit shit. <laughs> Or, like, Wrinkle in Time and stuff like that. Like, certain things are, unad- like, not able to be adapted into live action. And it's just... Mm, it's so... Mm, just... Just, if if Netflix got the license, why didn't they just put a thousand episodes of the anime onto Netflix? That would have done a lot much better. Because but, you know. that's not a way of uh, printing money. You know, you need to you need to create your own version of it. I mean, they got a load of views when they got the license to Evangelion and put that series on there. Mm. It absolutely blew up, and that's why they've been able to get the license for all these other things. So just put the anime on there. <laughs> it's so much better. Oh, well. Anyway. <laughs> it's just weird. Is there anything that you can think of that you've ever read or comic book or played a game or something, and they're like, oh, we're going to make a film of it, and you know it's not going to be good? Assassin's Creed. There you go. Exactly. Like Assassin's Creed didn't work out well. Warcraft. They keep saying they're going to make a Gears of War one. Yeah, Warcraft didn't work. Gears of War when that finally comes out probably isn't going to work too well. Mario Bros. Halo is that going to work well? Because well, they tried to do TV no, series and they were all kind of a bit shit. The Halo TV series actually looks quite good. Yeah, but if it comes off like the ones that we've had so far have all been kind of shit. Yeah, one of them had Luke Cage in it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but a lot of the photos and stuff that you see right now are are pretty good. I mean, saying that, I mean, would the Hobbit probably counts as well? Saying that, when you think about it, the Hobbit was pretty shit. Like, 
Yeah, but they made a good animated version of that back in the day. Like you can you can adapt the Hobbit and mm. do it right. It's just Warner Brothers wanted it to be another trilogy when there's not enough content there for a trilogy. Yeah, it's like a film and a half at max. The Dark Tower was pretty bad. Exactly, that was another one. Everyone was like, "You can't ad- adapt mm. this," and then they tried, and it was shit. Well, <laughs> and now doesn't Netflix have the rights to that? Aren't Netflix making a series of it? Yeah, I saw something about like all the Stephen King films that were made that were shit and that they need to like recreate them all or whatever. But anyway... The, the best to... Stephen King one is The Shining and, Chris, <laughs> and Stephen King Chris, says it's an awful I've, adaptation. I've got to stop you there because we're yeah. 26 and a half minutes through this episode <laughs> and all we've done is talk about the one, two things that we've watched and two <laughs> new stories. <laughs> So, I think we spent more time roasting the other podcast. Anyway, let's... I swear to God, if they don't listen to this and... Ugh, bad friends, right, bad friends. we've got a trailer to talk about. <laughs> Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Hawkeye came out, the trailer. We've got the trailer for it's Spider-Man Christmas. 2002. That's what we're talking <laughs> Anyway. Um, no. Do you mean the original teaser trailer where the Twin Towers were still in it? That's weird. Like, how dated is that now? That's the thing. Yeesh. Yeah, because the, the teaser came out in early 20, uh, 2001... Before 9-11 happened. Ah. So the original teaser was Spider-Man catching a helicopter between the Twin Towers. Then they had to remove all marketing and they had to CGI them out from the rest of the films. Jesus. Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, Hawkeye got a trailer finally. <laughs> this drops on November 24th uh, on Disney+. And this looks like a hell of a lot of fun. Very... Like, the trailer started out, and I was like, okay, and then it just looks like a load of fun. Yeah, it's very Christmassy. Very Christmassy. This, like, we've already kind of had a pseudo-Christmas film with um, Iron Man 3 in the MCU, but this is the first, like, hardcore, mm-hmm. get me home in time for the holidays. Like, this is, like, a typical Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. Fucking Christmas <sighs> story, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know why I had like Rogue One a Star Wars story in my head for a second. However, it ain't your granddaddy's bloody. Uh... What am I saying? <laughs> I don't know. But this is heavily inspired by the 2012 um, comic book by Mac Fra- uh, Matt Fraction, where they pretty much rebooted all of Hawkeye. Uh, we see him nursing his wounds. He's definitely going to like. They're, they're going to prove to us that he is just a human being. He's not a, like. A super soldier like the rest of him and stuff like that. He will get injured. He will have to walk it off. People are thinking maybe we're seeing his hearing aid. I don't know if it's just a comms device, you know what I mean? Mm. But in that comic book, he does start to lose his hearing, um, which, like, again, when you start to suffer with one um, sense, you're the one start to heighten and stuff like that. Maybe there'll be some element of that. Um, Haley Steinfeld looks great in this. They seem to have a really good dynamic. Um, uh, we're seeing the mobsters in this from that comic book as well, which in the comic book is revealed they work for Kingpin. So is this maybe the Kingpin re- reveal return? Vincent yeah. D'Onofrio is teasing it a lot on his socials. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. It would be a good way of uh, introducing it, you know what I mean, and then put him in, putting him in. Yeah, and it would be he would be a great villain for this as well. Like, yeah. halfway through the series, fucking Kingpin shows up, and you've got Hawkeye going against Kingpin. It'll be a great, like, person for him to go against. And I mean, it is confirmed that it does take place in the same universe, right? So. Uh, well, what do you mean? 
like the uh, Kingpin, the Marvel, that Marvel universe. The oh, well, we're stuff. not so sure at the moment, but if he appears in this, then that's our confirmation. Yeah, well, there you go. Sam just spreading uh, some fake news there. <laughs> yeah, Haley Steinfeld's in it. Florence Pugh will be returning as Yelena Belova. Mm. Uh, we've got Vera Farmiga coming in. She'll be playing Eleanor Bishop. We've got. Sorry? I think it's Aqua. Uh, I'll, I'll, mm, this is a difficult name. A L A Q U A. Alaqua. Alaqua sounds about right. Cox. Alaqua Cox is playing Echo, who is. She was actually a romantic um, foil for Daredevil. She's like the reverse Daredevil. She can see, but she's deaf. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Pulling a good old reverse Daredevil on us. As she did. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we're getting we're getting hints at the 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 uh, the Daredevil mythos here. So I don't know. This looks really fun though, doesn't it? Also, Rogers the musical. Yeah. Excuse me. It's a thing. <laughs> it's probably like poking fun at the Spider-Man musical, which injured six people. <laughs> they had to change the lead of that musical six times because they kept getting injured by all the wire work and stuff. What are the odds that Wyatt Russell is playing the uh, the uh, Rogers? <laughs> I mean, it kind of makes sense for the origin of Captain America because that's what he was doing originally, wasn't it? Um, mm. Going around doing press tours and stuff. Yeah. Um, right, shall we talk about our main topic now? Uh, one more trailer real quick. Uh, okay, go ahead. Um, Nightmare Alley, because this is a big one. Um, this is Guillermo del Toro's new film. Uh, it definitely looks like a Guillermo del Toro film, if I've ever seen one. comes out in November, uh, December, I believe it's December 2nd in the US. Not sure about the UK release yet, or European release anyway. Um, let me give you the, the cliff notes on this real quick. Stan Carlyle, an ambitious carny with a talent for manipulating people with his few well-chosen words, hooks up with Dr. Lilith Ritter, a psychiatrist who is even more dangerous than he is. This is like this is like a psychological spoops at times. It's sort of Guillermo del Toro taking what he did with sort of like Shape of Water and Pan's Labyrinth, but making it a bit more a bit more about the mind, less monsters, although throughout this entire thing they are teasing this monster, but I reckon mm. it's sort of like a metaphorical monster for like um, either Bradley Cooper or Kate Blanchett's other side, so they're, they're the two leads. Stan Carlyle is being played by Bradley Cooper and Lilith Ritter, which Lilith is like the name of what... Um, the Devil's Wife, so that's already dark anyway, mm. um, is Cam- uh, Kate Blanchett. So one of them's got a dark side. Um, and will we see this be uncovered? Um, it's set in um, like probably like the 1920s or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, proper like dark and grimy, set around a carnival. The, the cast list is amazing as well. So we've got Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett. Tony Collette, Willem Dafoe, Richard Jenkins, Rooney Mara, Rotten Perlman, and David Strahiron, I think is how you pronounce his name. It's the guy from uh, Nomadland. Oh, yeah. If you've seen that recently. I've not seen it yet, um, but I know, I know of the person. Yes. Um, he's got that face where you're like, oh, I've seen you in a million things. It was in like the Bourne films. He played one of the CIA agents and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this looks visually stunning. It very much looks like... Um, Shape of Water mixed with like a dark carnival, maybe like um, 
uh, American Horror Story Freak Show almost. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, it it looks really fucking good. You'll catch me there day one because Guillermo del Toro does not put out a bad movie. No, I can't think of one bad Guillermo del Toro movie. No, can't think of one. Shape of Water was really good. Oh, that was fantastic. That like that hit me hard. That one, like I wasn't expecting it. Like I was expecting to like it, but that like hit me in every way it was meant to hit me. Mm. Feels, man, feels. Um, so main, yeah, main topic. That's pretty much all. Main topic. Uh, yep, yep. Main topic. We're talking <laughs> Sam Raimi. Samuel Raimi, the director of the up and coming Doctor Strange multiverse. Of Madness. <laughs> oh, that just feels good, doesn't it? It does. Like he's such a perfect fit for that, and he's coming back, um, which is so good. Like the fact. Have you watched any of Sam Raimi's other stuff? Uh, I haven't. I don't. Th- or maybe I have, and I just don't know. I have. You've not watched the Evil Dead trilogy. Uh, I've not watched the Evil Dead trilogy, mate. Evil Dead trilogy, the originals. Like they're that old, and the effects were that low budget, and everything. Like it's not like it's a horror film, but it's not like horror horror. Like I like how as you go through the films, they become more of a comedy, and the third one is just like ninety nine percent comedy, one percent fantasy i like how i tell you that i've not watched it and you instantly go to yeah it's not horror though it's not scary (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to sell you on it so that we could do an episode about the evil dead trilogy one day because i love the evil dead trilogy uh i've got them all on blu-ray if you want to borrow no you're good (laughs) i'm trying to look at my shelf now to see if i've got all of them i can't see them from here anyway anyway anyway. i got the remake as well the remake is a horror (laughs) yeah anyway Right, so this film, this uh, the, we'll start with Spider-Man one, then we'll go to two and three. Um, the spoiler is, is that I didn't even finish three. I like, <laughs> I kind of switched off when Venom showed up. I was like, I'm, I'm, I, I'm kind of. Done I went now. to watch the first one, and you were watching it, so it wouldn't let me watch it on now oh, TV. Oh damn! Because we share the same login. Uh, I forgot. I forgot your lockdown, man. Uh, <laughs> just, just sponging off your now TV. Yeah, you, you only get it every now and again. So I'm like, oh, if if there's like a new film coming out, like when Snyder Cut came out, it's like, oh yeah, we'll we'll watch the Snyder Cut on there. Otherwise, I never use it. Well, it won't be on very much longer because I've literally cancelled it now that I've watched. <laughs> you only got it for Spider Man. I only got it. Well, I think I got it. For Justice League, and I just didn't cancel it. <laughs> oh right! So. I thought you had cancelled it long ago. No, you could tell me I could have been watching all the latest Sky movies releases. You could have done. You. This bl- is not a sponsor from Now TV. Absolutely not. Um, Do you reckon we could get one and then we don't have to pay for it? Look, we need to start talking about Spider Man. We're dodging. Go on there. Go on there. We're dodging the top. This was a lot better, like than how I remember it, and I already remember it being really good, like. I forgot how good it is for the for the time it was shot. Like the fact this is two thousand and two, it it holds up so well, and it's really funny because you realize how many memes actually come from like the first and maybe so third many. film. I'm somewhat of a scientist myself. <laughs> yeah, like the whole the whole bit where he's like awkwardly stares at MJ right in the first one. <laughs> And she's just she's just kind of like it's when they're in the canteen and also just a quick thing so I don't forget, Joe Manganiello totally yeah. forgot he was a uh, Flash Thompson in this. Right. 
I know Eddie Brock is the original Venom. Why didn't you bring back fucking Joe Manganiello to be Venom in the third one? Because Flash Thompson is the second Venom. Oh, that would have been pretty cool, actually. Do you not think Joe Manganiello would have been a lot more menacing as a vi- yeah, as a villain Joe Mangin- than Topher fucking Grace? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joe Manganiello would have been a sick Venom. Plus, you can Joe imagine... Joe Manganiello, brick shit out of a man, or Topher Grace, the weenie kid from that 70s show. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know he's going to take that role on. You know what I mean? You know he's really yeah. going to enjoy it, take it on, do it the best he can. It's a bit like if you put... Um, who else gets really excited about roles? I feel like maybe Josh Brolin gets really into his roles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does. So it's yeah. almost like if you made Josh Brolin Venom kind of thing. <laughs> Imagine. Did you know that um, in when they were filming Spider-Man 1, the crew were trying to get Joe Mangiolo to actually punch Tobey Maguire in the face because Tobey Maguire pissed off that many members of the crew. <laughs> That they they tried to slip him fifty dollars to like actually clock him one. He was like, "Nah, if I do, I'll never have, have a career in Hollywood." Oh my god, it's a good job he didn't. <laughs> Such a good job he didn't. You would have never met Sofia Vergara if he did. No, absolutely. He made the right call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, Spider Man One, I think, is a fucking solid film. It like, is. It is. I love this film to pieces. I remember seeing it for the first time in the cinema. Like, I remember oh. so many like shots and scenes. I remember so much happening, but there was like so much that I forgot happens. Like, just little shots that, like, I totally forgot about the um, the bit where he passes in the corridor, and you know, after he's um, won the cage fight. Mm-hmm. And um, just just the things that people. Well, speaking of that, that that is a very questionable thing that he says in the beginning of that cage fight. But <laughs> but it is it is probably a sign of the times. Um, yeah, people didn't realize how offensive that was at the time. Like, no, of course not. But um, I don't think it's meant really to be offensive. It's meant to be as sort of like a a ha ha like in the ring sort of joke type thing, but. <laughs> problematic yeah, nowadays it is a bit problematic but it's um yeah it's so good like the, even the spider-man costume looks insane it looks it is such a good costume there's a reason they brought it back for the amazing spider-man 2 like the amazing spider-man 2 is pretty much this costume because mm. it looks so fucking good you know what i mean having the 3d webbing on it just makes it look so much better on screen as well and the thing is is you know they know it's a good costume because they don't change it they only change it a little bit, and they make it black, uh, and, and they make the exact yeah, same costume Yeah, this was back when they black. didn't change costumes between films. Yeah, and then they just literally made it black in the third one. It's like they didn't yeah. do anything else apart from just take that same design and dye it black. It's like... That's the best thing about the third one as well. That black suit looks sick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mate, there is the, the questionable part of that black suit, which is what it does <laughs> to actual Tobey Maguire, Peter Parker, but... <laughs> Um, Makes him into an asshole. <laughs> right, yeah. Spider-Man 1. What did you think of Willem Dafoe and Green Goblin? Uh, I think he's a phenomenal Green Goblin. I also, like, I remember when I watched this and I was, how old would I have been? I would have been like seven, eight, maybe, when it came out. Six, seven. Seven years old. Yeah, yeah. something like 2002. that. 2002. And, like, when you watch it and you think, oh, yeah, Green Goblin, it's like the glider, the, he's a military experiment. It's like... You think then Green Goblin is a military experiment until then you, in future, you'll read like the comics and stuff and you're like, you you just, or you see the actual Green Goblin is actually, it's a man, goblin man. It's like, 
not a weird man in a suit or it's the, yeah it's just not a metal suit yeah yeah or it's the ginormous one that you're getting from like into the spider-verse the ultimate yeah 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 but it's like you you just i remember when i watched it and i was like that's just how it is that is just what it is <laughs> and it's were you not really scared of him as a kid as well oh i hated i hated the part where he's in the burning building and he comes out and he attacks Peter in the burning building. Scarred me as a kid. Yeah, I hated that bit, and I also hated the bit where he gets the where he gets gassed, and yeah. he like starts freaking out. Oh, I hated that as well. That and um, there's a bit in the mirror. Is that in the second one or something? I think it's where he's peering in visions to, um, to James Franco, um. Uh, obviously his son. I think he's appearing in visions to him and he like jump scares him in a mirror or something in yeah. one of the other films and that freaked me the fuck out as a kid. What a good way of having him talk, like having him come back through like weird visions through the mirror and stuff though. Yeah. Like I always thought that was really good. Yeah, so cool. Like this first one is iconic and this literally set up superhero films as we see them today. Yeah. Like, this is the blueprint that they started to go by. Like, there's so many similarities between this trilogy and, like, certain elements of of, um, the Tom Holland trilogy that we're getting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, the way that um, Alfred Molina as Doc Ock was a mentor to him in the second one and he he was sort of, like, teaching him to stand on his own two feet and, like, believe in himself and stuff like that, the same way that Mysterio did it in the second one for toby Maguire and stuff like that. Uh, sorry for tom holland um so the like you can see parallels and stuff like this because this like these first two films like the third one we won't talk about it uh, we will talk about it but i mean we don't talk about it in good terms <laughs> um like they set a blueprint for like how spider-man films should be going forward mm. like they just they were fucking great and they're iconic for a reason what do you think of the t- what do, what's your thoughts on toby Maguire spider-man <laughs> Um, you mean the teenager who's definitely mid thirties? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, as as a kid watching this, I was I was just there like, oh, that must be what you look like when you're in high school in America type thing. It's just there like, wow, you're in school a lot longer over there. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I I couldn't figure out that he was old enough that like I thought he was just like. You know, when when you're seven years old, you think everyone is, like, the characters that you play, and I had never seen Tobey Maguire and anything else. Yeah. So I was like, oh, he is just a teenager, you know what I mean? They just stay in school longer over there. Like, they're not realising he was in, like, his late 20s playing a 16-year-old or something yeah. like that. I remember when I was um, dead young, I used to I used to think Tobey Maguire and Elijah Wood were the same person. <laughs> <laughs> I literally like. I've never thought that. There's definitely been like actors and actresses that I mixed up when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. Like all the time. No, not that one, but I've definitely had some. Yeah, it's, it's weird looking at like the cast for these films as well, and just seeing like small some of the small parts. Like Elizabeth Banks was just playing Betty Brandt in the um, the Daily Bugle, wasn't she? She was in all three of these films, like a million different looks, and she was just like a near enough like a no-name actress at the time and now she's massive and she's yeah, a massive yeah. director as well you have uh james jonah jameson himself <laughs> jk simmons yeah get re- me photos of spider-man making a reappearance in uh in a oh, car from home for that jk simmons 
is such a slept on actor. Do you not reckon? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like I, I know he's like had a lot more recognition in the last few years, especially starting with Whiplash and stuff like that. When he, you finally got some like award nods and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. he's, he is slept on in the conversation of great actors, especially of his age bracket. Like, because like there are so many actors in his age bracket, but he just does it so much better than like so many other ones. It's amazing. I can't wait to just see more J.K. Simmons. It's sort of like what Willem Dafoe has gone through. Like he finally started to get a lot more recognition and stuff. Mm. Um, so I think I think J.K. Simmons is still on the on the upturn of his career. So late in his career as well. Yeah, for sure. Fucking great. Fucking great, bro. Great, bro. Uh, we've got an Aunt May who is actually like an old Aunt May. She actually looks and acts like Aunt May from the comic books, not not Marissa Tao May, like hot new Aunt May. Yeah. And you have the bit with uh, you have the Uncle Ben scene as well. Oh which yeah. That is one of the most heartbreaking parts of my childhood. Yeah, I remember feeling like so upset watching that. I remember like literally like like welling up during that bit. It still brings back emotions to me every time I watch it. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah. yeah, Cliff Robertson, amazing actor. And we get that iconic line that is used so much in things now as well. With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, of course. Like, that was, like, such a moment. Like, he lo- he reminds me so much of my granddad. Like, mm-hmm. he looks like him a bit as well. So, like, whenever, like, I used to, like... The first time I watched this was with my granddad as well. Mm. And, like, I think it just, like... I think it stuck with me. So whenever I watch it now, I'm like, oof. Oof. Yeah. Oosh. Um, I don't know whether there's much else. The music's pretty solid in this. I didn't realise, I forgot totally it was Danny Elfman who did the score for this. Yeah, so good. I love the I love the credit scenes of these films as well. Mm. You know, like the 3D web stuff with the Alex Ross paintings in them and stuff as well. Yeah, well, each, Watch- each of the, uh, the Raimi films, it starts the same. It has like that same intro where it's like flying through the webbing, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. But I like yeah. how the second film and the third film, they actually have like the recap, which is quite yeah, good. Yeah, done through the Alex Ross paintings. Yeah, it's good. So good. Um what do you think of organic web shooters in this? Sam Raimi deciding to just like throw the web shooters out the window and he's just there like, no, he is mutated man spider. He has gross little gross little spider buttholes on his wrists so he can swing from webs. <laughs> he has like gross little spider hooks in his fingers as well to help mm, him climb walls. Yeah. Um, you know what? Like I I because this was me not knowing anything else apart from what I watched in the film when I was so young. To me, I just thought that's how it was. In hindsight now, it is pretty weird. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty, a little bit gross, isn't it? <laughs> it's a little bit gross. But I guess it, like, I just thought that's how it was. So I thought when he, like, built the shooters, to me, that was, like, a bit of a cop out. Yeah. So I don't mind it. Yeah. Of- yeah, no, I didn't mind it. Because, like you said, like, when this came out, like we were watching like the Spider-Man '90s animated show on TV at the same time because it was coming out. Yeah, in the UK, it was still airing on the TV like every weekend. I I remember watching it for hours on end, like the Clone Saga, mm. um, on a Saturday morning and stuff like that. So like he like in the animated show uses web shooters. I was like, okay, so he doesn't actually shoot webs. He's just got his web shooters. And then when it comes to the film, I was like, wait, was he? 
was, were those web shooters attaching to like little spider things on his wrist? I was like, huh? It was like confused me, but and like confused me, but never, like I just thought that was the way it was. And then as I've got older, I'm like, why did they choose to give him like organic weapon? That's kind of weird. But it plays really well into the arc in the second one, so I really like the way they did that. Yeah, I like how. Um... This this film also lived in the uh, the time where you would always have like video game adaptations. Oh, and oh, they were so good. Yeah, it was a real good time. Spider Man Two is still one of the best Spider Man games there is. Yeah, yeah, so good. What do you think of uh, Kirsten Dunst's MJ as well? Like, where does she stand in? We were gonna get an MJ in Spider Man. Amazing Spider-Man 2, but she got cut out. She would have been Shannon Woodley. Mm. So, where would you rate the three MJs that we got? Um, The three MJs. So, we've got um, Zandaya, Shannon Woodley that we never saw. Well, yeah. <laughs> she got cut out of the film, and we I got Kirsten I can't, I can't rate someone that I've never seen before. So, so she's number three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, By default. I mean, I don't know whether you can rate it where <laughs> you rate the Gwen Stacy. The Emma Stone Gwen Stacy from uh Okay, you can do that, yeah. Maybe, do the, maybe the romantic we, leads then. You know what we should do? We should uh, rip something from the weekly planet where we have like the football sized battlefield where you have one each Gwen <laughs> Stacy at either end but you have, you have So you put Bryce Dallas Howard yeah. at one end and you put Emma Stone at the other. And then, yeah. are, are, are they just the actresses? Are they no, no, the actresses no, playing Gwen Stacy? No, they're playing their characters. They're playing their characters. and uh, I think Emma Stone wins that, hands down, every time. But what if she bangs her head? <laughs> she can't fall that far. She's already on the ground, you know what I mean? But at least she had some urgency about her, whereas Bryce Dallas Howard's Gwen Stacy was just a damsel in distress. But I mean, you, you've got to have the same abilities as your character, and you, you know, she couldn't recoil from uh, from that, could she? So I mean, <laughs> no, but like, if you just think they're both just like standard, like they are just themselves. They are just a woman from New York. You know what I mean? Yeah, Which um, one's gonna win in a fight? I would probably say probably the Emma Stone yeah. version. She seems to have a bit more go about it. Yeah, I'm just pulling it like So Zandaya versus Kirsten Dunst. Ah, Kirsten I Dunst. think Kirsten Dunst wins it. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like she gets pretty okay. she gets pretty pissed in uh Spider Man three. <laughs> yeah. I re- yeah, she's actually acted a bit more like MJ, like she is she is MJ. Like, it took us two films to get Zandaya as MJ, didn't it? Yeah. Like, they were trying to bury the lead to begin with and as well. do you remember with, like, Homecoming when it has that reveal and it was a bit like, oh, okay then. Like, it's a bit like, right, I guess that's our uh, MJ going forward. Because it's literally yeah. like a big old, like, oh. I think we had already figured it out, but we were just kind of like, okay, this this feels weird. Maybe, maybe it's not MJ. This feels strange. Okay, maybe it's not MJ. And yeah. then it's like... Is MJ to my friends? I'm like, okay, so you are MJ. Yeah, but it's, okay. It's, but it's cool. <laughs> it, felt, it felt weird the way they went about it. I don't think there's anything wrong with Zandaya. I think her performances are great. Yeah, uh, I think it was just weirdly written. Yeah, I think MJ is always gonna be like in my head when you say MJ. I think it's always gonna be Kirsten Dunst. And they made a ginger for it. Yeah, <laughs> as a as a fellow ginger, you you appreciate. <laughs> 
I appreciate. Um, we, need, we need more ginger representation, you know what I mean? So then if we go into, <laughs> obviously, like, let's go into the second Spider-Man when you introduce uh, Doc Ock. You also have um, Dr. Connors as well, who's Lizard in the uh, yep. in the second one, uh, in the Amazing yes. Spider-Man, and also just generally missing the arm. He's and just that. his professor in the first one, isn't he? But... Yeah, yeah. But I like how you've got these, like, underlying potential future villains in there as well, like... Mm-hmm. It's not afraid. Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Who was... Mysterio. He's yeah. there. He was there all along. I like how in the uh, the artwork for that, the concept art, he's like a fat Mysterio. It's like a... Yeah. <laughs> Real low-budget Mysterio. Dad bottom Mysterio. <laughs> so where do you stand on the on the classic ranking Spider-Man films? Do you think Spider-Man 2 is the best Spider-Man? Um, I think so, yeah. I just think um, the... The Doc Ock is just phenomenal. Like, the way it looks, the CGI on it, you've got that horrendous scene. In, it, in... Most of it's not CGI. That's why it looks so good. Oh, most right. of it's practical. Oh, right. Of course. Yeah, because it's, um, yeah, you see them, like, gripping onto it in that um, A&E scene, don't you, where they're operating to get them removed. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They had to tone down that scene and edit a load of it out of it because Sam Raimi shot that scene as a full-on horror. Like, it's spooky enough anyway. Yeah. But, like, there was blood splatters and everything. Like, he went balls to the fucking wall with that scene. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, most of it's practical because they had people puppeteering them on sticks and stuff. But I feel like when I watched that, I definitely remember seeing blood. So I don't know whether the actual cinematic release had something like that in it. Like... I don't know. Like I feel like I remember yeah. I rewatched that. it. I think last year, and I, 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 I don't think it was as gory as I remember it being. I think maybe just because we were younger, it was a bit more scary. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, yeah, I think Doc. I think it goes Spider Man Two, Spider Man One, Spider Man Three. I think that's the way yeah. it's got to go because yeah, yeah. Doc Ock is just awesome in it, and then obviously you've got the whole like. Um, you've got the thing with Harry Osborn as well as kind of going through the motions. Mm-hmm. Um, which is cool because it's like the thing of him knowing who he is uh, throughout it all. Oh no, he do- yeah, no no sorry, he doesn't know. Oh, he finds yeah. out at the end yeah, when yeah, 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 he yeah. finds out at the end. Sorry, yeah. Um, I think this is a better performance from probably everybody on the cast as well. Yeah, uh, of it might have come with them getting a bit older or settling into the roles a bit more and stuff. But yeah, and James Franco had done a lot of acting before this. He was on Freaks and Geeks, wasn't he, with Seth Rogen and stuff? Yeah. That's where like he got the role from. But I think he was better in this. That, he had a bit more depth to his character mm, and stuff. That sweet, sweet um, Marvel Munet. <laughs> Munet. Uh, I love. Um, the plot about Peter not being able to perform. It's kind of like <laughs> the the way you word it, like the way you word it. The way you word it. He can't get his webs up, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> There's no blue pill for that webbing, you know what I mean? You, um, and in this you've got that incredible scene where he's um stopping the train in the end, like where it, where he gets it back and then um he, um, yeah, it's just fun. Do you remember in our high school we had uh, that that Christian youth group that used to come in sometimes and do assemblies? Um, do you remember the one where it was actually a mate of mine presented it, and they presented like that final scene from Spider Man Two because he's a massive comic book nerd. He's the one that got me into comic books. Okay, and uh, he was presenting that final scene and like trying to like adapt it for like. Um, 
it was basically like Christ sacrificing him himself, which it's so clear when you're watching that scene. He's literally in the Christ-like pose, like, uh, like it's it's iconic cinema language now. If you want your hero to be like the honourable hero sacrificing himself, you put him with the arms spread out wide. You know what I mean? Sacrificing themselves. Mm. But it's such an intense scene, and like it really is like you you're holding your breath, aren't you? While like like his costumes ripping. And like his arms are bulging, and he's like he's holding it in as much as he can, and stuff like that. Yeah, and Toby Maguire's doing his best faces, <laughs> the ugliest cry faces, and just the most strained face. Yeah. And then like the the people of New York, like we did talk about that in the first one, like the, when New York starts fighting back against Green Goblin, throwing <laughs> fucking bricks at him. <laughs> So in this one, the people of New York save him and keep his identity secret. He's like, he's he's only a kid, no younger than my son. And he's like, definitely pushing on 40. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's a bit of an underlying thing that, like, he doesn't, like, he doesn't know whether or not... Well, he, he thinks himself to be the good guy, but it's this constant thing of, like, the people aren't sure... And it's yeah. like, yeah, it's cool. It's it's the media narrative from J. Jonah Jameson, isn't it? Yeah, but, um, but it it it's like there's always that argument: if you didn't have a superhero, would you have supervillains to rise up and do bigger crimes? Mm. It's 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 is it a deterrent or is it like opening up for escalation? What is it? What what is it? Great big <laughs> philosophy, isn't it? Yeah, we get that amazing shot when he decides to stop being Spider-Man as well. Oh, uh, it's yeah. that classic no more Spider-Man shot where he dumps his costume in the bin yeah. in the alleyway. And then he's got that <sighs> iconic imagery. That montage where everything just starts working out for him. <laughs> he's like, it's like, oh, I'm not Spider-Man. Life's fucking great. He's like marching <laughs> down the street, like swinging his arms about forward and backwards as he's walking through. <laughs> It's the it's the it's the best marching down the street montage that we had. No, <laughs> it's the best marching down the street montage until you get the dancing down the street montage from. Spider-Man. No, no. <laughs> yeah, Alfred Molina in this. I love the way he just uses a sack of fucking coins to twat Spider-Man around the head as well. I love, I love how he just accidentally <laughs> creates the sun. You know. <laughs> it's unstable it's fine it'll bring itself back in nah mate that is just a son <laughs> you are just gonna destroy new york he's a man of science and he doesn't know when to stop <coughs> but i loved like i could totally forgot there was that whole bit between him and his wife to like build up the fact when he loses her it's like even more shocking yeah yeah like, that was good <clears throat> he's one of the most well-written like villains that we've ever had in a comic book movie, which is definitely I think it why works. you're bringing him back. Like, yeah, um, and I think it works having him as like a mentor to him. Mm. And he's sort of a sympathetic villain who then we lose sympathy for, and he goes down the deep end, and then he tries to bring himself back by sacrificing himself to mm. to hold that sun down and try and like plunge it into the Manhattan River. Is it the Manhattan River? Which one is it? We talked about. I talked about this in my video about the Spider-Man trailer because <laughs> he's back, baby. There's a reason he's back because he's so fucking good. This one won an Oscar, the second one for best achievement in visual effects. Jeez, not surprised because the whole um, the whole sun thing looks really cool. <laughs> yeah, I like. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like. Um, I like how the 
the the tentacles react like dogs like when he's like you know when the inhibitor chip breaks yeah but then he like starts to try and talk them down and he's like no you'll listen to me and they like they like <laughs> sigh or whatever a bit like a, a puppy yeah, would like this is definitely like the best version of doc ock that like we've seen until like recent comics have done really well with him but when i was a kid like i was like well, like doc ock's like kind of a bit weird and shit isn't he he's just got like just got arms, isn't he? <laughs> he's just got arms, isn't he? Like, what's it? He, he ain't flying. He ain't doing no superpower shit. He's just got arms, isn't he? He's a um, super clever man. He, he could just hold six things at once. What, what's so good about that? He can hold six Spider-Man like, at in once. this. <laughs> he could if there was six Spider-Men, Clone Saga. Um, but in this, like, they make him menacing. You know what I mean? Like, the fact that he's not in control of them and stuff. Mm. Like, he is... Like we said, like, he is a... like. Um, a victim at the same time, like he, he, he is a remorseful villain almost type yeah, thing. Yeah, isn't this like, it, it kind of has that same thing as um, the Killmonger arc, you know, like where it's Yeah, kind, kind of. of, like you kind of agree with him a little bit Yeah, um, and you're going along with him, well, but you, I guess you don't agree. they push it too far. I guess you don't agree, I guess you just empathise and sympathise a bit to them. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant, sorry. Yeah. Empathise is a better word for it. Um, I, he is trying to do good with his science and stuff like that. Um, it's just once that inter- inhibitor chip breaks, comic book shenanigans. Apparently, these arms are sentient enough to start <laughs> controlling him. Um, but they are terrifying having the spikes in them and stuff like that. Like, yeah, there's some pretty that, that bit where he's holding him round like the throat with him. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> Sheesh, Spider-Man could actually die in this one. How violent do you reckon these are going to be in No Way Home, then? Um, I mean, as violent as any of the Spider-Man villains are in the MCU, like, like they are big threats, but, like, never really think his life's at risk, except for when Vulture drops a building on him. You reckon we're getting, uh, you reckon we're getting Willem Dafoe, Green Goblin? Back in the glider suit. Um, well, I don't think it's going to be Dane DeHaan. No, is it Dane DeHaan? Yeah, Dane DeHaan or uh, New Goblin. I don't think it's going to be. So no, I don't think it's going to be. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't know who else to put in there. Yeah, I don't. We might only have one scene with his face showing, and the rest of the time it might just be the costume. Mm. Do you wish that they kind of went with? Have you seen the concept look for Green Goblin where it was just like the goblin face, like animatronic? Yeah, yeah, where it was like a real scary looking actual goblin man. Actual goblin man. I don't know. I wish you had that. I don't know because I kind of, I I would probably like, you got to think about how that makeup would have looked. Yeah, the costume design's great, but. Well, it wasn't makeup, it was a full animatronic mask, wasn't it? Oh, of course it was, yeah. So. They they made it. They took elements from Willem Dafoe's face, which you've you've picked a perfect face for Green Goblin. <laughs> yeah, why would you ruin it with an animatronic? Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think it probably would have been fine, but I just think the the suit is so iconic. Like the face is so iconic as well. What the what score rating do you reckon Spider Man One and Two? They both got the same star rating on IMDb. What do you reckon it is? Uh, what does IMDb score out of? Is it five or is it ten? No, it's out of 10. Uh, we'll go with an 8. It's 7.3. Ooh. Guess what Spider-Man 3 has, because oh, this was a little bit shocking. Whoa, it, well, you're saying it's shocking. What was that, 
Yeah. Please don't tell me it's higher. It's not higher. Okay, no. is it like 6? It's 6.2. Yeah. I was expecting it to be so much lower. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Just because people really rag on Spider-Man 3. Like, I know it's not a great movie, but like people really rag on this film. Speaking of ragging on Spider-Man 3, yeah, I didn't finish it. <laughs> <laughs> Scathing review. And, Couldn't even finish it. And it is literally a gold mine of memes. Like, I forgot so many memes were born out of this film. Also, we forgot to mention it earlier, one of my favourite memes for this entire trilogy is the re-edit of, you know, the scene where he first discovers his powers. He's, like, keeping his Aunt May out of the room and he's just, like, shooting his webs and stuff like that. The re-edit of that, um, to make it really inappropriate, is one of the funniest (laughs) things that ever came out of, like, 2007 YouTube. (laughs) It's, like, OG meme-age on YouTube. Amazing. Yeah. So, Spider-Man 3... Um, overloaded on villains, we had New Goblin, we had Venom, and we had Sandman. I think Sandman worked really well in this. I think the other two were absolutely dog shit. Like we said, Topher Grace is no way an Eddie Brock. He's not imposing, he's not intimidating in the slightest. Uh, he should just go back to re-edit in the prequels, you know what I mean? Why didn't <laughs> they just make Spider- uh, Spider-Man? The main villain, God's sake. Why didn't they just make Sandman the main villain? I think the studio were pushing for Venom. If you hear Sam Raimi talk about this, like it's really kind of sad what happened to it. Like The studio really took over and started pushing it too far. Obviously, this by the time it got to the third one, that was when superhero movies became about the action figures. Like you said... Nowadays, they always change the costumes every film so that they can release new action figures and you've got to collect them all type thing. Whereas in this one, like like you said, they kept the suit the same until this third one when they introduced the black one, which makes sense for the story, but at the same time, it meant they had twice as many Spider-Man figures to sell and then mm. you had three villains worth of figures to sell. Mm. So it was all about marketing and stuff like that. And like they basically threw away everything that Sam Raimi originally wrote for this and everything that he had planned for the fourth one and basically just started mishmashing his script together. I think there's like three different writers on this film. Yeah. Um, it's a weird choice yeah, considering, chopped it. considering how well he did um, Doc Ock, uh, Green Goblin, and considering what he was about to do, what his plans were for Mysterio. Because Mysterio is like fishbowl head kind of, very similar-ish mm-hmm. costume to what we got in No Way Home. It- yeah, so Mysterio was actually going to be captured in like the first 15, 20 minutes, and Vulture was meant to be the main villain of the fourth one. Um, who who did they have? Uh, John Malkovich was meant to be cast as Vulture. Ah, that would have been a very good Vulture. That would have been a very good vulture. So, yeah, they start bloating this, like, cast out and the story out. Like you said, we had Gwen Stacy. So we had to introduce Sandman, and he's tied into the Uncle Ben death. So that's already, like, that would have been perfect enough as it is. One villain, sorted. You know what I mean? Mm. They then had to bring in Gwen Stacy as an emo- like a romantic foil to uh, Mary Jane. Then you've got um, Eddie Brock... Uh, Venom in there as well, who again is another foil for him. J. Jonah Jameson is just going absolutely ham. You got J.K. 
Jane Jonah Jameson's son coming back from space as well. Oh yeah. Um, which in the comic books he comes back as a werewolf. Oh, okay, from space, <laughs> of course, space werewolf. Yeah. Um, so they're bringing him in to then pull MJ away from him type thing. It's so complicated and messy, and none of it works. There's literally, I don't think, anything other than Sandman in this, I don't think works at all. He loses MJ again for being a knobhead because apparently the black suit makes him into a dickhead now. But the black suit doesn't give him any of the symbiote stuff. Like, he doesn't get any kind of weird, like, you know, tentacly things or anything going on. He literally just turns into a knobhead. <laughs> yeah, well, that that's what happens in the comic books. Like, it was just a different coloured suit, which was like a like an alien suit that he picked up and it wasn't until it formed with any Eddie Brock and it became evil so it shouldn't have even been evil on uh on Spider-Man like on Peter Parker mm. he should have just been him it's only once it fuses with uh Eddie Brock and it takes on his mannerisms of hatred towards Spider-Man like that's and towards Peter Parker that's when it becomes evil so why was it making him a knobhead before that like Again, just another reason to blow out the runtime and set up these stakes that weren't there in the first place. Like the only stakes you need is Spider-Man. Like after coming to terms with the death of um, Uncle Ben, finally, um, in like the second one, he fully comes to terms with it, doesn't he? Yeah. Then you've got Sandman coming back, and that opens up fresh wounds and realizing that the wrong man was sent down, and like everything that Spider-Man had gone through, like. Uh, doing all that and stuff was all for nothing and like that that's what the stakes were you don't need to oh it was so dumb it was all so dumb this is a terrible venom it's so bad it's awful I, I think it's i think it's much better when it's just venom and you don't see toe for grace and it's just venom kind of doing venomy stuff but then as soon as like whenever like he starts talking like Topher Grace, and you see his face and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, why are you Eddie Brock? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're not imposing. Like, you're meant to be like a, this big brickhead. You know what I mean? Like, superior to Peter Parker in every single way, and you're just, you're just not. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't have even been too bad if like the symbiote made him like swole. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it just didn't. It was just a. It was just Spider Man, but with a scary face. This was nominated for a fuck ton of awards, and the only one that it won was the Scream Awards Best Superhero. What the fuck are the Scream Awards? The thing is, is this is such a like a more like two thousands film because it's like trying to do the edgy new Goblin with like the glider and stuff like the sn- yeah. the snowboarding <sighs> through the air Goblin. And losing his memory as well, like yeah, <laughs> when he twats his head on that fucking pipe, <laughs> just a random pipe in a dead narrow hole, like then, alleyway. Yeah, and then <laughs> like that's like, such a big fucking hit. And then Peter's like, "Oh shit, I've killed him." <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh fucking hell. And you can tell, like, Tobey Maguire, like, signed a contract for how much screen time he had to have in this one because every time he seems to put on the suit, his face, like, his mask ends up getting ripped. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, it's all about my face. <laughs> Show my face more. 
it's just like hilarious how it's like it's it just he just does this move where it's like you know he's trying to like not not hurt his best friend <laughs> and then he fucking like near enough kills him <laughs> oh it's so, so fucking dumb uh why is it so dumb also like sandman looks like fucking sandman from the comic books it's such a stupid costume and they make it look good yeah, because it's just his t- It's just a t-shirt and pants. You know what I mean? It's like it's just striped. Yeah, t-shirt. but like it should just look like a dumb outfit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like somehow Thomas Aiden Church just manages to pull it off. Yeah, um, and like he plays such a good villain as well. Like Thomas Aiden Church. I remember the first thing I ever saw him in was George of the Jungle when he falls face first in the elephant shit. Still cracks me up to this day. <laughs> Uh, I can't remember where this film actually finishes. Like, I can't remember what happens at the end of this film. Um, they have the big fight inside the construction skyscraper. Yeah, yeah, he starts to the half constructed skyscraper. Yeah, he bashes he, the things together, and yeah, because venom is weak to sound, vibrations, and audio frequencies. <laughs> Noise. Yeah, that and fire, but we don't see the fire in this. Mm-hmm. Um. Which, it was good that they kept that in. MJ is in a half-cut-up cab hanging from the thing while Sandman is Sandmaning about. <laughs> and then New Goblin appears as a hero now and fires a load of fucking goblin grenades into him to turn it into glass, I guess, so that he can destroy it. Is that how it goes down? Apparently. Uh, so, yeah, New Goblin... Does he... Does he end up sacrificing himself to kill Sandman? I can't remember. Um, because I think there's another funeral at the end of this. There's a funeral in fucking every one of these Spider-Man films. Um, yeah. Uh, Sandman ends up just like blowing away in the breeze, I think, what's left of him. <laughs> blowing away in the breeze. <laughs> Venom uh, loses the symbiote, and I think Eddie Brock goes to jail. And Spider-Man and MJ are back together. Uh, engaged, I think, by that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. I think they they so, kind of left it open to another one, but so it basically finishes how Spider Man Two finishes. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. You know, <laughs> yeah, no, because nobody uh, don't know how to write a script. <laughs> you know better, and you know worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, Nickelback doing the soundtrack. Yeah, I I watched the uh, the thing play and I was hero to see me. I was literally like, why what? <laughs> Hold on a minute, Nickelback? I was like, that's It a- did kind of start the trend of like that big artist doing like the ending song for a superhero film. It was Nickelback before they became a meme. Yeah, back when people liked Nickelback before yeah. it was fun to hate on him. Um, I always liked Nickelback. <laughs> I'll I'll be that hipster. When I was a kid, I loved Nickelback. How you remind me? Anthem. That's uh, that's you putting your integrity on the line right now. <laughs> You're telling me you did not love Nickelback when you no, were a kid? No, I don't love Nickelback. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I think we're going to wrap it up there. But it was good to kind of uh, chat about a classic like that, a classic trilogy. Yeah. Especially when we, so good. When we would have been like, Prime kind of, you know, watching watching these. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to rewatch them before going to see um, No Way Home because I don't think Charlotte's seen them all. 
So we'll rewatch them. I was going to rewatch them this week, didn't get a chance. Yeah, I reckon um, that if there's a lot of crazy kind of, you know, multiverse stuff going on, I reckon there'll be quite a bit, maybe even from the Garfield movies as well, which will nod to it. So. Well, Garfield, the, Garfield, the, the live action with um, Bill Murray voicing Garfield, those movies, yeah. What have you done with my lasagna? It's <laughs> <laughs> Garfield Italian now. <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's like American. He's just like a. He's just like a really pissed off New Yorker. <laughs> he made him sound Italian. Yeah, what are you doing, my <laughs> Somebody attach my spaghetti. <laughs> that is a classic meme. Anyway, let's let's wrap it up there. I mean, do you rate them the same way? Uh, yeah, definitely. Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 3. Do you rate these over the Garfield movies? Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. 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 Are we ever going to talk about those Garfield movies? Because they are... They are... They're a steaming, something. hot movie, aren't they? <laughs> the, the best part of those movies has nothing to do with any of the superhero shenanigans. No. It's just... It's just Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone talking to each other is the best parts of those movies because they work really well on screen together. Definitely not. All the Spider-Man bits are a bit shit. Definitely not the really strange things that happen with his parents where they're secretly... Secret lab agents? FBI. (laughs) Which is actually taken from an arc in the comic books, I will admit, but it was a dumb arc then (laughs) and it was a dumb arc in the movies. Have you seen the alternate ending for Amazing Spider-Man 2 when his dad comes back? He's there at um, Gwen Stacy's grave like two months after she's died. And then his dad just appears out of nowhere and his parents aren't dead. He survived a plane crash. (laughs) Well, you know, if the parents are Spider-Man, anything can happen. Because they they wanted a Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 3 and a um, Sinister Six movie was in the works. And that's when we heard the announcement of Venom. But then Venom ended up not being attached because of shit. Praise the Lord. Anyway, let's wrap it up for the third time. Uh, make sure you f- like, follow, and uh, like, follow, and comment on what am I saying? Make sure you're following us and uh, <laughs> all that sort of good stuff and whatever the relevant thing to subscribe <laughs> on to the those socials. Uh, on Get the Real socials. Pod. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Get Real Pod. Uh, you can email us, getrealpoduk at gmail.com if you're so inclined and old, old school like that. Uh, Chris, how can people support the pod? Uh, the best way to support a podcast is to leave us a rate and review wherever you listen to us. Also, if you leave a review on Podchaser, it syndicates it to all the other podcast distributors, whether that be uh, Google Play, Amazon, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Deezer, all the all the fucking lot of them. We're on them all. We're on them all. Uh, also, don't forget to leave in the review that Get Real is the superior podcast to the Get Real Gaming podcast. Uh, and if the guys did not listen to this point in the podcast, we are safe. If not, uh, that's going to make for an intriguing games night tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, also don't forget to share us out on your socials as well. Like Sam said, he gave you yeah, the links to them all. It's Get Real Pod UK on all those socials. When you see us post something on Instagram, just repost it to your story. And whenever you see us post to Twitter, just repost it to your timeline, uh, retweet it. Let more people see it. Tell one friend about us. Tell two friends about us. The person stood next to you on the train right now, because I know you're listening to it on the train, because everybody listens to podcasts on the commute. Just, like, nudge the guy next to you and say, hey, stop listening to that shit true crime podcast that everybody's listening to right now. Listen to Get Real, because it's a lot more entertaining. 
And we have, what, coming up to like 100 episodes? Are we at like episode 90 almost? We're on the 90s. There's plenty to fucking listen to. (laughs) Some of them are more organized than this one, because this one we had nothing to talk about, so we just ended up throwing shit at the wall and rambling to see what happened. Yeah, we've got a couple of of episodes you can go back. There's over 100 hours of bloody podcasts, probably. Wow. What you do need to make sure is, though, you stick around to the end of this podcast for the post-credit scene. (laughs) The post-credit scene. Which wasn't a thing during these Spider-Man movies, which is intriguing. yeah. Well, we've got to quickly end the podcast so we can do that. So, we, we, should we do we end it right now? Do we, a bit. Oh, do we just stop talking? Is that is that it? Sit a bit. Or am I a bit. am I the credits? Bye. Maybe I'm the credits, and then when I stop talking, it's the post credits. So maybe the credits are as long as what I talk. So maybe I should credit us all. So uh, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to thwip out of here. So yeah, all right, bye. All right, guys, it's a post-credits. The post-credits time is here. We're doing post-credit things. Look, there's a new villain over there. Thwip, thwip, Spider-Man shit. (gasps) Chris, Chris, you know what they've just set up? They've just set up for episode 91 of Get Real. Can you believe it? Oh, my God. Spoilers for episode 91. I can't believe what they're doing. They're bringing in stuff from deep get real lore. They're going to bring back the producers that tell them off at the beginning of every episode again.